Hello and welcome to this week's Arab Digest podcast. I'm William Law, editor of the Digest. My guest is Yahya Zubir, Senior Professor of International Studies and Director of Research and Geopolitics at Kedge Business School, France, and currently a visiting fellow at the Brookings Doha Center. He's the author of numerous studies and books focused on North Africa. His most recent publication is Algerian Politics, Domestic Issues and International Relations, published in December 2019 by Routledge. Our conversation today focuses on Algeria and its president, Abdelmajid Daboun. Same old, same old? Or is the new Algeria emerging from the street protests? The Hirak. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for doing the Arab Digest podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Let's begin with the president elected under controversial circumstances after the Hirak won really a, a great victory and forced out the incumbent, the medically incompetent Bouteflika. President Taboon, his approach to the protesters to the Hirak, how would you describe it? Well, in terms of the Hirak, what I would say is that Taboon has had a rather contradictory attitude towards the, the Hirak uh, in the sense that on the one hand, He's saying uh, February 22nd, the beginning of the, the Hirak, uh, that it is a, it's a national day uh, to celebrate it and so on and so forth. But at the same time, you know, most of the, uh, the leaders of the Hirak uh, have been uh, uh, incarcerated. I mean, most of them are, are still in, in, in jail. Their uh, trials have been postponed. Um, we are not really sure what the main reasons are. My guess is perhaps there are still some remnants of the old system uh, that disagree with the freeing uh, of those militants, if you wish. So um, we are going through, I believe, uh, a transition. And so there are many power struggles, ideological struggles. This, in my view, uh, explains this uh, wishy-washy attitude or contradictory attitude towards the uh, the Hirak. But what is certain, though, is that, and I know we will talk about it later, uh, is that uh, with the COVID-19, uh, there is a, an, an effort uh, to end uh, the Hirak. Yes, well, let us talk about uh, COVID-19 and the crash in oil prices it's handed uh, President Taboon two very big challenges. How do you think that he's coping with those challenges? How is he doing? Well, um, you know, we cannot blame uh, Taboon. One has to be objective uh, in the sense that uh, he has inherited a horrifying situation. Uh, you know, the, the drop in oil prices did not begin, you know, with the COVID. It, it had already started in 2014, and the epidemic is not uh, of his doing. So he in, inherited, uh, you know, a, a rather complex and complicated, uh, very complicated uh, situation. As far as handling the epidemic, I would say that it was not so bad in the sense that, and by the way, it was the Iraq uh, that stopped the movement, 
before the government decided uh, on confinement or lockdown and, and, and so on. This just uh, as an aside uh, to show the, the maturity of that movement. Uh, however, the government, I believe, has taken measures that, that are not so different uh, from what others had done. It did, uh, for instance, close the airports. It, it turned to uh, to China to uh, to call for equipment uh, and so on and so forth. So so in that sense, I would say that they have done relatively well. But what the COVID nineteen has shown are the shortcomings, and again, it's inherited from the past of the horrible conditions of the health sector. Luckily, Algeria has some good doctors. Uh, many of whom, by the way, uh, had left the country. Uh, they are, uh, you know, the brain drain. They are part of the brain drain. And they are, they, some reports talk about 15,000 doctors in France alone. So um, what has happened with, with the, in terms of running the situation is that, in, from my perspective, this is positive, is that the government, this current government, has become fully aware of the catastrophic situation it has inherited from the Bouteflika regime. 20 years uh, of horrible management of the, uh, uh, of the country, in, in the economy, in the diplomacy, name it. Uh, all this has been uh, you know, rather uh, catastrophic. So now there, there, there's one uh, element uh, that, that, that should be pointed out, is that Taboon shows some sort of willingness to carry out tangible reforms, at least right now at the level of rhetoric. What about the push for a new constitution? Uh, I, I don't think that uh, the way it's being done is the proper way, or some of the new articles are, you know, the most... Uh, uh, promising uh, in, in many ways. But as, I, as I've always said, in, in Algeria, the problem is not a new constitution. Uh, there have been many constitutions and um, they are tailored uh, to the president who is in, in, in office uh, at the time. Uh, the, 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 the main issue in Algeria has always been the implementation of what is in the constitution. So, so if we look at the, uh, the new articles, there's a, a, a gamut, I mean, beyond belief of civil liberties and, and you know, democratic uh, you know, values and so on and so forth. But they, they have existed in other constitutions, um, I mean, the Algerian constitutions. So now whether this will be uh, you know, done is, is, is another uh, question. Now, it should be pointed out that each time Algeria, each time, I, and each time there was a drop in the oil of prices, the regime would always, or the political system, the Algerian system is very famous for that, uh, always responds by saying, we need to diversify the economy, we're going to change, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're no longer going to rely uh, on oil and so on. And so, so Taboon, uh, reiterated that. So to me, it's the same tune. Uh, but he seems to be uh, really uh, moving in, since he has been concrete, uh, he gave a, a, a press conference uh, where he 
but you know, he, he was more specific as to what to do. In other words, he said we we can no longer rely on oil, but that's has been said before. Uh, but he started pointing at uh, some of the minerals that Algeria could exploit. Algeria is rich in many minerals and so on and so forth. Um, he's talking about maybe, um, uh, you know, uh, freeing some of the uh, economic forces, which means uh, the, the private sector, how to encourage the private sector, how to encourage uh, young people uh, to get involved in, in the economy and so on and so forth. Uh, so, but we are still at the, the level uh, of rhetoric. Well, you have talked about the need for diversification, the reliance on hydrocarbons. He's acknowledged this needs to change. You've also touched on the issue of political will. Is there a political will to carry through the kinds of changes in the health sector, in diversifying the economy? Is there that political will in Algeria now? Is the situation different from what it's been before? Uh, not, not really, but this time uh, I would like to remind uh, you know the the audience, those who are listening to this, that in 2014 they were negotiated an agreement with some South Korean and, uh, and uh, some European companies uh, to build five modern hospitals, and then they froze that. So. Now, the Prime Minister, Gerard, has talked about the catastrophic situation of the health sector. And he said, we need to deal with that. So I would be, I would show some guarded optimism that with the COVID-19, they have realized, you know, the dire situation uh, they've been in. So far, it's been relatively uh, well, I would say, uh, or moderately well. But whether they will diversify, as he said, you know, in terms of no longer being dependent on the oil price and so on, I am a little bit more pessimistic because should the price of oil shoot up once more, I think it will, uh, it will be business as usual. It's a rentier state at the core, and the system relies on this. Part of the, uh, the, the rent is redistributed to the masses to, to buy their allegiance uh, to the regime. So, so both at the economic level and at the political level, because at the political level, I don't see how you're going to make all these changes while keeping a parliament that had been, I wouldn't even call it elected, but appointed by the old regime. So these people are still in place. So, so there is so far to answer your question. You don't have the feeling that there is, because of what's going on on the ground, you don't have a feeling that there is genuine political will to transform the system. It's looking at ways of revamping the system. Let me ask you then about corruption, because corruption, it sapped the economy it's, and, and the potential of the country for decades. But there is some good news on that front as regards the corruption in the military. 
which is important given the, the, the role the military plays. So can you talk about that aspect of perhaps yes. a, a bit of a good news story? Yes, that's, that's a bit of a good news. I, you see, uh, I was, I'm glad you raised the, the issue of corruption because that was my next point. Let's go back to the 20 years. The corruption was beyond belief the level of corruption. Uh, even the judges who are trying the cases today, they just cannot believe it because it is in the billions and billions of dollars. And, and what was new under Bouteflika is that those new uh, read, the, what they call the oligarchs, um, it reached the institution, the military institution. So you had high level officers, you know, the head of the gendarmerie, the head of uh, internal security, and so on, uh, who got into high-level corruption. Uh, the tandem between Taboon and, uh, you know, Shangriha, the head of uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff, you know, they are proceeding carefully, but they are tackling the issue of corruption. Again, my optimistic mind uh, says that there is a genuine effort to fight corruption because there is awareness that corruption has become a national security threat. Let me ask about the neighborhood, uh, the, the war in Libya, uh, the instability around Algeria, Tunisia, a shaky democracy. How is that influencing Algeria's foreign policy under President Tabun? A lot, a lot a lot. Again, since it's, a, uh, it's rather new, this whole situation, and, and we are still in transition, you cannot not talk about you know, the previous situation. In the previous situation, diplomacy was basically at a standstill. There were, you know, Algeria's old uh, perspective on the neighborhood was to not have enemies at the borders. Now Algeria is uh, surrounded by enemies or by, uh, you know, uh, Algeria has uh, 6,700 kilometers of borders, seven states. In the past, it was basically Morocco. Let's put it bluntly. That was where the threat could come from because of the Western Sahara issue and, and other uh, issues uh, between Algeria and Morocco. But now you have enemies everywhere. You have terrorists in, uh, in the Sahel, uh, you know, in Mali, in Niger. You have France's presence at the borders of Algeria, and Algerians are still suspicious about what French, France's intentions are. This is uh, in regards Sahel. to supporting Haftar. Not only that, but, uh, you know, the, uh, the G5 and, you know, what, what France is um, doing in Mali itself, at the borders with Algeria. And then you have, of, of course, you have the situation uh, taking place in Libya, uh, where France is one of the actors, of the foreign actors, the UAE, France, uh, the private group, you know, Wagner, you know, the Russian one, uh, you know, Turkey now, and, and, and so on. So, so during Bouteflika, the, the, the Algerian diplomacy was, was basically feeble. Uh, not what it used to be. It had uh, neglected Africa and, and so on. Now there's like an awakening. And in fact, the, um, 
one of the new generals in in power is a specialist of of Libya and and the Sahel. So so and and Taboon also went uh, to the summit in Addis Ababa, you know, of the the African Union, uh, which shows they want to be more active. So so it wants to restart its diplomatic machinery and to pay more attention to Africa. They have just created an agency for development in Africa to become more active uh, in the African continent and to regain some of the aura that Algeria's diplomacy uh, used to have. Can we turn to, to China, the relationship between Algeria and China? Is it purely an economic one or is there more than meets the eye? I think there is much more than that. Uh, it's true that the uh, economic dimension is very important, uh, especially since, since the two early 2000s. Algeria and China began, uh, you know, Algeria needed to, uh, to revamp its infrastructure, which was basically obsolete. The housing crisis was uh, tremendous. So they needed China because China could deliver fast and cheap. But Algeria imported a lot from China, which made uh, China Algeria's main trading partner, supplanting France. So that is quite uh, important. I think that people tend to forget that Algeria's relations with China date from the pre-independence era. China was the first non-Arab state to recognize the provisional government of the Algerian Republic in December 1958. People tend to also forget that Algeria was instrumental in the People's Republic of China gaining its seat at the United Nations Security Council. Algeria lobbied the General Assembly and so on and so forth. So there are very important political dimensions. So now Algeria is part of the uh, Belt and Road Initiative and, and so on. So this, it, it's a multifaceted relationship. There, there you have now students in, in China, a lot of Algerian students in China, on Chinese scholarships and so on. And this dates also to pre-independence and especially at, right after independence when China was very active in the health sector in providing medical advice, medical... And now China is, again, after, with the COVID, it was very clear that China played a key role and it's still doing so and it's building a, a hospital west of Algiers, a hospital for the workers, they said, but I am sure there will be more uh, hospitals. But this... Again, it's my, uh, my uh, modest view that Algerian-Chinese relations are going to take a very important turn because China, Algerians are going to turn to China for uh, loans, for economic uh, assistance. Algeria would still remain, uh, would still balance its relations with the United States, with the European Union and so on. But... I think China will play a key role. Russia too. Russia will remain um, a key player in the armament industry and so on and so forth. But I think one has to watch the, this 
growing relationship. Algeria has a, a comprehensive strategic partnership with China. Uh, you know, it had one in the 2008 strategic partnership, which became a comprehensive. And you know, in the Chinese system of partnerships, comprehensive is the highest. You have a comprehensive strategic partnership. I think that um, the, 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 the ties between Algeria and, and China, which have been reiterated during this uh, COVID, there are communications between the prime ministers, uh, the sending of messages, you know, back and forth, uh, you know, to Xi Jinping, an invitation for him to come after, you know, this COVID and so on. So I think that uh, uh, it's going to be a very important relationship in the region. Finally, Yahya, the Hirak post-COVID-19, are we going to see a return to street protests? Uh, and if so, how will President Taboon deal with those protests? Or is the Hirak movement, has it accomplished what it needed to? Well, it's uh, half and half. Um, if, if, look, Tibun has missed a golden opportunity to turn things around. I think that one of the things that he could have done, maybe he would do it on Sunday for Aid. I don't know. Uh, but one of the good things he could do is say, okay, uh, unless, of course, there are serious uh, proofs uh, that some of the imprisoned people were involved in some criminal activities, which is not the case, because what he says about Drani was not even in the uh, charges, the initial charges. Uh, he, the journalist, he basically hinted that he was a, a spy, uh, which is not even, and, and it is not true. I think that one of the things he could do to appease the Hirak is to free the hostages, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the prisoners, that's one. Second thing, he should withdraw this, this is not the time, for instance, for, for, for the, the constitutional uh, change, to talk about, you know, debate, it was sent to some uh, parties, but not to the political parties, for instance, it's not, you know, and some of the, uh, yes, there are some good things in the Constitution, but not really. I think, again, this is per perhaps personal, uh, I think he should uh, dissolve the parliament to begin with. He should be clearer towards the Hirak. Yes, we agree with the Hirak. Yes, we have in incorporated some of the demands in the constitu constitutional draft, but it's not enough because you, you, you also, at the same time, you maintain the same sort of uh, executive power as before. So, which hints, you know, that you are basically uh, recreating the Bouteflika regime's uh, type of, uh, of governance. It has to be uh, clear. It, it should give uh, the, uh, the Hirak real indications that the change is real. The Hirak is suspicious, and rightly so, because you have the, the greatest part of the, this, the, well, a big chunk of the government is uh, made up of, uh, of old ministers from the old regimes, uh, including Taboon, by the way, unless, unless the military has in mind that Taboon uh, is uh, an interim uh, president, we don't know. You know, you cannot build democracy through undemocratic 
means. You have to, to show that you are genuinely interested in bringing about change. You cannot be putting journalists in jail for, uh, for having expressed their opinion and then say in the Constitution or on the, in the draft that we are, you know, civil liberties and blah, 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 freedom of the press and etc. So all these, all these contradictions do not bode well for the post-COVID situation. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you very much. Uh, Algeria will need to be watched and uh, President Taboon will need to be watched as well. He's got a, a big remit to deal with and uh, lots of expectations. Yes. Again, as I said, there, there are some positive things. Look, for instance, if, if I may, uh, look at the, uh, the solidarity movement during the COVID. It's absolutely unbelievable. Look at the new enterprises, young enterprises uh, that, that started making medical equipment and so on and so forth. This could be a new start using that, you know, to uh, channel those energies that have developed during this uh, this COVID-19 could be a start. And he can start with the Hirak and with appeasing uh, the movement and reconciling Algerians among themselves. A good place to end on a, on a moment of hope. Thanks so much, Yaya. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Arab Digest podcast. My guest today was Yahya Zubir, Senior Professor of International Studies and Director of Research in Geopolitics at Kedge Business School, France, and currently a visiting fellow at the Brookings Doha Center. His most recent book is Algerian Politics, Domestic Issues and International Relations, published by Rutledge. We welcome your comments. If you're not already a member and you want to join the club, you can find out how by going to ArabDigest.org. I'm William Law, editor of the Arab Digest. Essential reading from independent sources. Music